Hello and welcome back to Behind What You See. I'm Jack Payne and uh, yeah, I've not been around for a few months. Uh, life and the pandemic continued happening. I'm joined here with my friend Lewis. What's up? How what are we doing? doing? I don't know, mate. What are you doing? I don't know. Trying to, trying to be productive, <laughs> kickstart this new year of something productive. New year, new me, as they say. Yeah, we're recording, um, we're recording an intro before <coughs> an episode is done. We are. <clears throat> but we're doing an episode a little bit different than usual. We are. I thought it'd be great to get 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 you involved. One because our friendships developed mm-hmm. uh, over the last few months, but also um, yeah, it's like your... it's like Love Island. I've actually <laughs> I've actually piqued your interest a little bit, <laughs> <laughs> and they kept us together. They kept voting <laughs> us in. Um, we won. Yeah, we won no, it wasn't our choice. Love Island. Um, I forgot where I was. Why did you bring up Love Island? <laughs> um, <laughs> Well, we're, do, we're doing things differently. We, well, you, we're, yeah, we're going to do things differently. Instead of having a guest on, um, we're going to, basically, you're going to be the guest. Yeah, for today's episode, I basically thought, I started with uh, five episodes I really loved. Um, but for any new listeners or people that didn't, you know, weren't friends of mine or didn't know who I was before uh, listening, you know, it's all good and well hearing about who's been interviewed, but who's the guy, and it's like, why, why is he, into, you know, yeah, why and we're both from the, oh, so back to where we were, so the reason why I wanted to get you involved was, we're both in the touring industry, uh, similar interests, you know, both from the same profession, going through similar things right now, so I thought it'd be a great fit, but uh, then, yeah, I would love to do an episode about myself, just to kind of show my story, the things I've been through, what, what I've had to go through to um, kind of get to where I am, uh, where I was with touring, and yeah, just an update, so that kind of, as hopefully this grows and develops, People uh, know who I am, uh, rather than just a random dude that's interviewing people. Well, let's just remember, like, we're we're doing a, a silly show because we're both unemployed touring musician yeah, yeah, tech yeah. people, um, and actually we've got some really important stories to share. But before it, before we can get to those stories, um, what was it like for you growing up in school? That well, not even school, but what was it just like growing up? That can include school as well. Yeah. Um, it was, I don't know, I wasn't necessarily like an outcast, but I uh, I had like a few friends, but I wasn't necessarily like a popular guy. I played for the football team, so I guess that kept me oh, yeah. at least nice. at least line with some of some the more popular people. Yeah, a little bit, but I was probably one of the easier targets within those groups. Mm. So I I was okay. Primary school was fine. Secondary school was like picked on a little bit and then started getting into like rock music and mm. not being so in love with football. Um, was there quite a big shift there where you figured out your identity yeah like my hair grew yeah. I started straightening my hair it grew I started listening to heavy music and going to gigs um, and yeah not a lot not a, a couple of others not necessarily in my school but in my area were doing that so I had a couple of people I was friends with but um, there's definitely uh, I think I called them chavs in the day yeah yeah that uh, yeah, would pick on me yeah. and stuff yeah so but, but your childhood was genuinely it was alright yeah it's alright. Um, definitely supported to play football. I played football most of my life up until like fifteen. What? Then discovered music through my uh, position, sec- uh, secondary striker. Oh yeah. Scored a lot of goals. Nice. What team? Was, uh, oh god, a team called Mapham Colts. Oh yeah. A team called Riverview. A team called Longfield Tigers. Uh, I played for the district. Well, you like I had county trials, but I didn't get in. Are you like crouch or something? <laughs> play no, for I never scored in my head. Although he did well, he did a little bit, but. Uh, no, yeah, I, I played for a little bit, and then I lost interest. But basically, I lost interest because uh, there's a teacher at my secondary school, music teacher, who had a band. He was, like, probably 24, 25, mm-hmm. when we were, like, 13, 14. And uh, he had a band. It was, like, 14, 15. He put on a talent show or something like that. Um, and I think his band played it or something like that. And they were, like, an alternative rock band, a bit like all-time low kind of vibes. Okay. And made a parade. So, um yeah, I started listening to his band and then going to his, his shows, and the first shows I went to, and then I started going to gigs, mm. discover merch, guys, stuff like that. Um, that was towards like, the end of year 11, sixth form. Went to sixth form, studied music tech, didn't play an instrument. Mm-hmm. So I don't, I basically, I went into it thinking, oh, I could maybe, you know, maybe it's a good avenue because they said you don't have to have an instrument that would lead into like, music business or into like working a record label. I, mm. I had no idea, man. I was just... I was just, I don't know, my parents kind of forced me into sixth form and I was just like, I've got to do something. I don't want to do anything. And it was a passion. It was, it was just... But like I didn't play int- anything. I, I think in- I had a few guitar lessons, but, but I didn't... you were interested in, in, in the yeah, yeah, subject yeah. of music as a bit uh, Yeah, going to shows as well. As much, that's right. Just yeah. as much going to shows. But um, didn't even really know about the roles within touring or anything. I was just going mm. to gigs. But I guess I'd see the merch guy and I was like, that seems like a cool gig. He just yeah. tours and... 
I didn't see it as like a job to make money. I just thought it was a cool thing. Um, so during my six months at Sixth Form, I started emailing loads of fucking tiny bands from the UK. I'd gone for like Songkick, I think the website is. So this is from you choosing music tech, figuring out I don't even play anything. Dude, I'd go in and just get everyone else would be just jam. One that no one really did anything, but people just jamming. I was like, just pretending that we'd just go in these little studio rooms and I'd just pretend I knew how to play this instrument. I didn't. I was just sitting around <laughs> fucking around people. For like six months, I did nothing. And no one even clocked me on it. Um, so what, but what made you then start emailing people? Because I, I'm quite pro- naturally proactive if, if I want to do something, I'm going to do it. But uh, it's when I don't have that idea, I become quite lazy. Like if I don't okay. know what it is, I can quite get like, quite lost in that and struggle with it. That I wanted, I figured out that you can be a fucking merch guy. I swear <laughs> to God, I've been wanting to be a merch guy since I was about 15. I swear in my life. Uh, and I don't even know if it's the same email account. It might have been, a, I think I had like a, a Jack Payne merch email account from when I was like 16. I just, basically, I go on Songkick, you type in the United Kingdom and then select a date period. So I do from like now to two months away and then find any band that's playing like anything under 300 capacity room. Mm. And it was a tour. And I would go on their Facebook, go on their About Me page and fucking find their, either their manager's email or message them directly on Facebook and be like, yo, uh, I want to be a merch guy. I have no idea what I'm doing. Uh, I just want to get experience. don't want to be paid, obviously, so I just want to do it. Mm. So sent like 300 of those emails off and uh, one band, no, loads of bands respond, but loads of people are like, oh, our mate does it or yeah, yeah. we're not looking for this, we have no money, we, we, we work in bars. They were just as small as I was. I just didn't realise. I was emailing bands that probably had like four jobs just to have the band, you know. Yeah, like some of them. yeah, yeah. So I didn't know, I wasn't aware. But then one band was like, they were, they're buying onto a pop tour and they had someone in line that was a mate that was going to do it but didn't know if he could get it off work. Oh, no, and then the I know. And then he couldn't get it off work so they asked me to do it. Nice. And so I fucking I just rocked up. I think the first show was in Oxford. Two week and what was the van band? and travel lodge tours. Bank of the Ocean's Eyes. They were supporting a band called Room Ninety Four. Right. And the singer of the Ocean's Eyes, like one of my best friends, still. But that band that didn't. They lasted like another year. They, you know, it was very right. small stuff. It was like like O2 Academy Twos, O2 Academy. No, not not O2 Academy Two, like O2 Academy Threes. But they're they're pretty cool venues. Though, like two hundred caps. Yeah. Caps. For, to do for your first leapfrog into it, you've just you've sprayed out these emails. Yeah. Got a few thank you, no thank you, and then yeah. you've got one guy who's gone. <laughs> Oh mate, I can't get you know Costa off work or whatever, and then you've got on. So what was that first day like when you got on? Oh my tour? god, I was buzzing, absolutely buzzing. I remember getting given my tour laminate from the tour manager, the headliner. I didn't kiss it though. <laughs> Is it's that there? Thing? Yeah, first one. For those for those listening, we've got <laughs> we've got lines of rope with lots of AAA uh, laminates on, and AAA laminates are the notorious all access access all area passes that security badge. Yeah, get you through all the venue get you through on your tour so yeah I remember that specifically I didn't get paid but that was the agreement so I lost money essentially oh of course you, yeah you, you can but I, I was do you know what it wasn't that bad actually I've done I did shitter tours after that tour mm. because that tour we are in a travel lodge every night one travel lodge for like nine people but yeah. we're in a travel still lodge still a travel lodge though uh, and we're in a rented I think it's like a Tiger Tours van so it wasn't bad they're not, they're not bad vans no. they're not bad they're like your mid-range yeah. split of vans. So, yeah. Room 94. Did that. And then I was basically a massive fanboy of this band called Sell It Off. Oh, yeah. I was like 16. So, no, I was younger than that. 15, 16. To, to before, I was a fan. Before we jump, right. how long was that first tour with uh, supporting Two Room weeks. 94? Two weeks. So, when you came back, what was the initial feeling of coming back? You felt like... I'm going to do this forever. You, 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 you were like, Jack the this is it. you were like, let's go. This is it. It was only UK. Yeah. Um, so it was. I was fine. It was a what short was, drive, or whatever. But what was the period between that first tour to and the then? next one? Yeah. It was like three or four months. I didn't get another one straight away. Okay. Um, so I think that probably took it. Uh, I was living at home still, though. My parents mm. didn't move to France till I was. I think they went in the August. I was seventeen. Okay. And that tour was in the March. I was seventeen. And my next tour was in September. So they they just moved to France. My player went on my second tour, and that was in America. So we've you've had a. Well, it sounds like a bit of a chunky break, like, as well. And then, but yeah, but it was my first ever tour, so it wasn't seen like that. I was still working part-time. No, at, you um, still got that one Iceland. tour badge under your belt. You've got that, like, I've just done... Oh, but now sick. I can make a CV. Well, not make a CV, but I had one tour, so now it's like, oh, now I can actually... I've had so a tiny, venues. tiny bit of experience. But you were fanboy in this Bank will set it off, so... they. What? But by this, I should... Well, I was basically a fan of them, and I went to America when I was 16 to go visit them for, like, a week. They invited me out to a hang. Nice. Should have included that, but basically did that, kept in touch. I think they saw that I started tour, did that first tour, 
and then got in touch with me like the June July saying we're doing this tour in September if you can cover your flights and come over nice. we'll pay you like a per diem a day yeah <laughs> which, which is eight dollars so right yeah 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 okay cool so and the average that you normally should get is between ten to fifteen pounds so you're getting below what for per diem. Oh, UK. on a low tour, yeah. In the UK. Yeah. Oh, mate, I've been on tours where you get 70 quid a day. Mate, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Fucking you, mental. One of the first tours I did, Free money. I got 50 quid a day. PDs, and yeah. I was like... It's nuts, 20, isn't it? I can't remember what it was. Anyway. Normally, so, I'm 20, 25, and that's Yeah, I average. think that's fair enough. I think that is That's on all level. But anyway, back to set-off. So set-off, we're going to look, come over, work with us, let's do it. So you jumped on your first long-haul flight, or...? No, because I'd visited them before. Um, I, so I've been... It was my second time going to America on my own. But yeah, yeah, I guess kind of one of the bigger trips. And obviously it was for this tour. I uh, got out there six weeks long. I supported a band called There For Tomorrow, who were kind of like a cool walk tour band at the nice. time. And they were like my favourite band at the time. Like I liked the band I was working for. Okay. Like I was actually a fan. It was a weird experience, but it was really cool. Um, and I wasn't just doing merch. I was doing merch. I was helping, obviously, loading, load, loading everything. But obviously... Uh, for changeovers, helping like uh, get drums to kits on stage and building the like they have in America they use quite a lot of these called scrims they're like there'll be album artwork so you put in front of the cabs mm. stuff like that setting those up getting on stage just to, more like just in a bit of an everything round guy but primarily merch yeah but that tour taught me a lot because of that um, and just mental like 17 I was touring America for like six weeks it was just ridiculous that's great that's crazy it was probably yeah and sometimes I look back now after everything and it's like those times were probably like the, the sweetest yeah. the sweetest to look back on anyway so what, just felt alive yeah 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 and I think as well like you're in a big big <laughs> no country. real worries as well yeah you've got very very little responsibilities yeah. apart from today maybe tomorrow. a phone contract yeah do you know what I mean and, and then and as well you're hanging out with a pretty cool band well, the band do you I know what I mean time, and yeah. you like idolise them and you're like working for them and then they they're, they're repping with you so it's it's sick. It was dope. But then, what, so then... And I was seeing everything that they had lined up for the year, and I was like, well, if I do good in this, and they like me, then... Then hopefully we can... Yeah, and, and it ended up being the their next... Uh, they did another headliner that I was invited back for a couple of months later, but I couldn't really justify coming back out to not really earn. Uh, so I carried on working, and then, like, doing working at Iceland. No, I didn't, actually. I carried on touring, but I toured in the UK. Mm. I think I picked up a band called uh, It Boys. Mm. They're a pop band from America, but it was a tour with... I can't remember who they're supporting, but it was that and Warped Tour UK or something like that. And then Set It Off came over with Yellow Card in like the January or February to the UK. Right, okay. So it's and I did that. that break but they were sharing a bus with Yellow Card and there wasn't a spare bunk space. So uh, I, I got trains and hotels and I booked and paid for it all myself just to do the tour. Wow. Fair so fair. I probably invested like four or five hundred quid to not get paid. Yeah. Just so I could go on tour with them. Yeah. And, and sell their merch. Experience. And sell their merch for them. Yeah. And make money for it them. Make, if you think about it, it's ridiculous. Like, so many people. My parents probably thought I was getting absolutely mugged off by these yeah. people, but I, I knew. I just knew that you can't just expect to. And I, I, you know, I, I needed the like. It was more valuable to have the experience than to not do it. But they never gave you. They never gave you anything apart, a per diem, from, apart from a, a thank. A thank you. But, a per diem, I think. But they never gave you. Like, hey, I'm not shit. They, they weren't making money. Well, they're not. Yeah. What no, the they were supporting Yellow Card on a 1500 to 2000 cap room tour. There was their first ever time to Europe. Right. They, they weren't making money. They're probably getting about 50... They're probably getting about like a couple hundred quid guarantee a night and to pay. And they, no, they weren't. They were, so... so it's it was, very humbling it was, for, for, but for them. They, it just happened to be that they were like a band that I really liked at the time and they weren't that big. Yeah. But they took a chance to me and they got some cool support tours. But no, they weren't... It wasn't like they were making money and there's no way. Well, okay. But I then mean, they took me to Warped Tour too. And Warped Tour, like, growing up for me, I've never been. I'd love, I'd still love to do that. So yeah, that is sick. To kind of... Not to miss out loads of stuff, but then it obviously snowballed to where we are in 2021. Mm. Um, what's kind of like, how does that, when you look back on that journey from set it off, you know, prepaying your own logistics and accommodation, when you think about that journey from set it off to today, maybe, maybe pre-pandemic, because I think we obviously have to go into yeah, the yeah. pandemic stuff, but um, what kind of, what sticks out for you as the highlights and how that journey works because if you just went on autopilot 
we I don't think you would have got to the big acts that you were doing last year. Do you know what I mean? I think like yeah, no, I know what you mean. Even like after you know the first couple set it off tours in America, like the first one in America, the UK yeah, tour, it went, the yellow it card, was a success. it happened. What, but I was doing? still emailing. Yeah, I wasn't just like oh now I, I might have met like two tour managers and whatever, but I knew that once this tour ends, I have nothing again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And my parents now live in France, so I was basically I didn't pay rent anywhere. At this point, by this time, I was staying at my family friends on their couch like whenever I wasn't on tour I was still emailing fucking hundreds of bands all the time I never gave up on that I was I was still consistently doing that and for a lot longer into like the next year once I was in LA where we'll get to but just that proactive mentality just like I didn't I didn't stop there was like a big I can kind of see it in my mind when I look back there's like this big grind period and then mm. I kind of got to where I kind of was introduced to merch companies and then once I think you had those relationships and they, you can be trusted and you've done a good few tours with them, you can cut, not not sit off the outreach, mm. but you've got these companies that, can, that are consistently offering you work. Yeah. And luckily I formed a relationship with someone where, again, we'll get into later, but they were not just keeping me busy, but they were progressing the size of the tours I was doing. Yeah. And so in some aspect, I, my, a lot of my career was in their hands. Okay. And they were offering me bigger stuff. So I have them to thank for that because that progressed me. Yeah. So... Proactive luck, obviously. But then, if you're if you're if you're coaching on a family friend's sofa in between tours, until when... until sorry, so did the yellow card tour in the February, yeah. and then that summer, thirteen two thousand thirteen, was the first year I did Warp tour. About a month before I was due to fly out for Warp tour, um, started talking to this girl on Instagram, and she lived in LA, and she was like, "Oh, fucking." Flew out to LA a week before the tour starts. I'll show you around LA. Tour was starting in, in California. Flew out, met her, did the tour, ended up going back to LA. Mm-hmm. And then for the next f- three, four years, not just with it, like we broke up after like a year, but for like three, four years, I was based in LA whenever I was on tour. And that start, stemmed from that. Right, okay. Yeah. So then after being, after basically flip-flopping from the US to here... Which is on couches. A, you know what I mean? Living off... Like, and in LA, I was literally... I was, oh, I was dating this girl, so I was staying with her, not paying her any rent, and, like, on $1 ready meals every day. Oh, but I was in L.A., and yeah, I was, like, so, oh, mate, so I was touring. I was getting my feet in the touring door, and I was now living... It was ridiculous. What does the <laughs> meal, the £1 meal deal from... Well, £1 ready meal, sorry, from America equate to... The ones that you can like bang in Tesco's and Sainsbury's. Oh no 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 no! Like what one dollar? What's mate, that about? Like, like what is it then? Is it a powder? Like no, it's like a it'll be a box ready meal, but you're looking at like mate. I remember some of them. It's it doesn't even like food. It's just like I don't know, awful. Um, because yeah. even if you look at like the sort of food that would be put into a ready meal, like I don't know mashed potato and stuff, yeah, whatever. Yeah. If you were to have that in a decent place in America, it's kind of like the southern style. There is. Like, not doesn't look that appetising anyway. Oh, so no. then you're looking at what's that equivalent of like 60, 70p. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, I can't imagine how you're stuck. Like, my stomach can't. Do I, it. Mate, I wasn't, I was, I would literally, I'd be in LA, I wasn't consistently, I was probably touring like every other month, mm. every two months back then. And I would, you know, slowly charging 30, 40 pounds a day yeah, now yeah. at this point. Yeah, so we've gone from working for nothing. Yeah, slowly. So as, as I was getting people that, you know, I was getting a couple of people more now that I was outreaching to that would now say yes because I'd built a tiny CV, um, met a couple of tour managers that mm. maybe introduced me to people, stuff like that. But I, was, I wasn't I was earning more than like 30 quid a day, 40 quid a day. But whatever I made on tour, I'd just put into a flight. Okay. And then a tiny bit of spending money and I'd go to LA flight. Till I, and then I, basically the whole time I was in LA, whilst my girlfriend was at university or working, I would be on my laptop emailing. Mm. UK artists and Europe artists still. Not so in when America. you're in between, when you're in, when you're in this limbo state, Eating junk food and doing whatever. Yeah. What when you look back and what well, what still is now? What was the big break for you? you oh shit! All right. Oh, I did. So I was still doing the random outreach, and I was in LA when I got this. Actually, I think mm. it was actually this this around this time. So mm. this is perfect. I was doing the outreach, and I had this email back. It was a Bank of American head charge. Their manager got back to me. His opening negotiate like I didn't negotiate it because I was so buzzed. But his opening <laughs> offer was like eighty quid a day. Oh, so you're like plus zero. Like, plus like a ten pound PD. So suddenly I'd gone for, in like maybe a year total, I'd gone from earning nothing a day to 30 or 40 a day 
and I think I was only at like the 40, not even hit like 50 a day yet. Yeah. Like, I was still waiting so for that. So to get that double. And I was like, oh shit. Yeah, I, can pay I was rent. like, <laughs> well, I was like, I'm going to make over a grand in a month. And this yeah. tour was like two weeks. I was yeah. like, oh my God, I'm going to make like a, I don't know how much. million. I'm like, I'm going to make like a grand in two weeks. It's insane. I was like, <laughs> I, I could buy a house. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I can get another flight. I can go home, do that tour, and get another flight, come back and do the same. Yeah, same yeah, thing, yeah, just yeah. done. Yeah. But experience, CV. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, so, I was so what was the band then? American Head Charge. And, so I'm fucking heavy and metal they were, band. And what was it that? was the it was mental. It was my first ever bus tour. The band were all like mid forties, heavy rock metal, you know. So you seen some madness. Yeah, yeah, I saw some madness. The women that were coming on the bus to hang out with these guys were older than my mum, old enough to be yeah. my mum. So it was just like first bus tour. Oh my god, rock and roll, but like what it probably looked like in the eighties. You were young now. looking guy. As I was well. so still you were a young buck. Like yeah. Yeah. But the but the good thing about your first bus tour is that like when you go from oh my God, a sweaty is. van to a bus, you're like well when those US tours have set it off, I had to be shotgun for the whole tour, which is you know the front seat, mm. and we'd be sleeping on fans' floors, mm. we'd sleep in the van. It was ridiculous. It was it was well not ridiculous. It was a crazy experience. It's awesome, but compared to like what how it's become, it's way better. But it so was such an insane experience to think that. I could go from sleeping fans' floors and like being in the front of the van to then being on a fucking yeah. tour bus. Like, when you think of space. music industry or touring, you think, oh shit, tour bus. Like, yeah, but then when. It was a rank tour re- bus, now I'm looking back yeah, at it. Yeah, the realities <laughs> are very different, aren't they? <laughs> so then, and then you turn into a big bad boy merch baller, jump now. And I think, I think if anything, this is all, this is all post pandemic. No, it's not. It's not finished yet. We're still, we're still in it. But yeah, mid. I want. I want to name. This is ego stroking for Jack, so it's gonna be hard for him. But I'm just gonna name some of my favorite AAA's that I've seen. Frank Carter, Bring Me, Bring the Horizon. That is, um, Marmosets. There's a few Warp tours here that I'm looking at, and I'm thinking, damn. But there's some very strange ones that you wouldn't think. But like Santana. Like yeah, I'm like Santana. That's mad. You've got Foles. You've got Stormzy. You've got Wolf Alice. Um, and why don't we? And again, the a few more. Yeah, you've got some. So it's not just like you stuck in your warp tour. Um, no, so that, that's a really that's actually quite a good point. Like there was a the, so it started. It was a like basically I saw it as like it's Kerrang bubble. Yeah, the Kerrang yeah, warp tour bubble. Did you ever have the posters on your wall? When you oh were, yes, you love that, dude. Yes, yeah, so I had a subscription to a Kerrang magazine, and my walls were covered in Haley Williams, Ollie Sykes, Alex Gauskalf, Josh Franceschi, all these nice. people. Um, yeah, no, but there was there was like a transition, but that's it comes with. So I was being hired directly from the band or their management. The last of those in that scene, I would say, so it was kind of like did a band called Half Moon Run, and that was like my first indie artist, I think. But I was doing like Don Broco, then I did Paris, and I did Bring Me the Horizon. I only like did one tour Bring Me, but that was kind of like the last of the, I'd say, in that genre, and then. Um, although a few of those bands have broken into more mainstream now but then I started basically I got introduced to um, a merch company which the first one was Warner and that was because I was approached by Wolf Alice's tour manager at the time to work for them right okay and I was on Warp Tour at the time can't remember which year and I got asked to work for Wolf Alice through their TM but they were on a deal with Warner so had to obviously now go through Warner I'm like oh shit I've never been hired for a merch company before like was that scary? yeah it was completely scary because I was like this might be completely different to anything I've known like, I don't know what they're expecting from me, what spreadsheets do they expect, like, what input accounting do they expect, like, than what I've maybe not done before, or... Because you kind of just make it up when you, you know, you just... You're given as much as you ask for when you just hire for management, and every management wants different, so you're kind of unique to each. Mm. So what's the, right, what's the first right, time you were like, I've got time, cash, or what's the second time that's the most cash right, in the yeah, yeah, I can vividly remember. The first time, it was a merch company gig, and we were probably doing four to five, four, between four and six grand a night. And I thought that was mental. And how? And because, how, because when could you well, it wasn't that mental. I'd, I'd try and bank every day. But if, for instance, it fell on a weekend, those were the days where I would be a bit stressed. And on the Monday, I'd have about 20, 25k in my backpack. And I thought that was insane. So the most amount of money you've held then? Uh, I think it was just over 100,000. After how long, sorry? One night? Two shows. Two shows. And we couldn't, it was, yeah, it was a Sunday into, I think it was a, a Saturday and a Sunday. And basically, it didn't matter what day it was on, but we couldn't bank where we were, specifically. Yeah, is this a, is this a we foreign just band? To... No, but we were still for a merch company, but in that foreign country, we, we couldn't bank, basically. Oh, we, just, we didn't have the needs to be able to do it. 
So we had to have, we had someone we had, no I got someone in but we had to have someone that we trusted and knew from an existing company or relation to come collect it no. from that country and then yeah. they deposited and did transfer for us. Wow! So it's even like small jobs like that, just liaising that, being on top of things. So yeah, it's a lot yeah, of small yeah, things. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's like that was a hundred thousand. No way. Yeah. So and have you? And that was just cash. So bear in mind, we take car payments too. Yeah, luckily the car payments are so much easier to deal with because they're just going from. But a to this, B, but... yeah, yeah, the demographic of this this gig one much card it was yeah it's not cash it was all cash so then okay has there been any times that it's really really messed up with the cash no thankfully not and fucking sorry for the listeners there <laughs> um, that's me touching wood uh, no there's you know don't get me wrong there's been one or two times where you're like oh shit I'm five pound up or I'm five pound down or you know you're doing a count in the trailer and you're like I'm sure I'm supposed to have more of this but it's just something that you end up figuring out later that day or it's like you, you've done the count and you've maybe not you missed something you know it's not like an actual issue yeah. it's almost like you create an issue in your head and it's not actually there there's been times maybe like once or twice in the whole thing that I've been down like uh, you know we're talking five ten pounds here and there like luckily it's not a lot no nothing um, nothing I've ever had to actually be stressed about there was one time that we loaned out a gig and a local crew dropped like half a pack of posters onto like into a puddle but I just contacted the match company and said it wasn't me and yeah, this happened it, and, these things happen yeah these things happen on the road and no, I work with some awesome people with these match companies and they're really understandable. They're all people that have been on the boat too, so, so they kind of know how it goes. So if you've never had any issues or mistakes or... Oh, I've had someone steal. With, with money, yeah. I've had someone steal merch from behind this merch, but not during a gig. Before I've, the gig. My first ever gig I did, I did merch as well. Before the gig. Really? A staff well, member. Oh. That's what I'm saying. From the venue. Because I got told and that I if someone steals, your, someone steals your merch, they're really desperate and that means they really love you. I've always, that's what I've always been told Someone, like when I first did Wait, I was 16, when I was 16 when I first did merch it was for my the, my dad's band who they, he was TMing someone said to you and the guy how the main guy out of the band was like if someone steals don't worry it just means that they, because it was a proper no it doesn't it means they're probably drunk and they're a scumbag <laughs> and that's what and I remember thinking I'm 16 I ain't gonna chase down also no my livelihood's on this so this is the thing that, I don't know how big that band was No, I don't know what they're saying but this is my reputation, my livelihood. Maybe if we're doing like a two hundred cap bar and it's your mates. Yeah, band, well, they whatever, weren't big. They weren't big. Shows. It's a different story, <laughs> you know. But so we're talking about like some staff these numbers are in, on my head. But some staff members come in and stolen. It was what? a bar member. It was in Hamburg. It was on Stormzy oh. tour this year. The only tour we did this year. And basically, I, I just I know how my stock looks before a gig. So basically, you do count in. You yeah. bring all your stock in, do a count, and then everyone's supposed to be on the same team in the venue, like. You know, the sound guy's not going to sit by his desk and every minute until between sound check and doors. No, 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 and even mine, I need to eat catering, whatever. So once I'm counting my stock, it should be safe and where it is, blah, 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 blah. Anyway, come back and there's a certain way you fold when you're doing counts, like tens and then odds, fold, whatever. I noticed something was like looked messy on it was supposed to be a closed stack. It was a ten. I knew it was. Anyway, um, did the count and I noticed I was one down on a long sleeve. Yeah, and I was like, this isn't happening. I've just got this gig for fucking one of the, an artist that is really in their peak right now. Biggest tour of my career. I'm not having some scumbag that stole a shirt. Yeah, make yeah, me yeah. have to send a stressful email. Make me now worry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't care if it's one shirt. Like, I just don't want that stress. Yeah, yeah. Um, so what did you do then? Basically, I, I was in really heat in the moment. You know, someone in the crew could have just taken it. But a radio production was like... I need you guys to get the venue manager to basically get all of their staff and if they've got lockers or bags or however they do it here, they need to someone needs to come forward or they need to be told that everything's been searched. Right. I was like I, I told you took, I, that, I, you took I, it, you were like, Yeah, and I I didn't think about it and, and it luckily it was what it was, but you know, I could have maybe caused a fiasco and it could mm. have been a abs- accidental mistake. But um I basically just made it really clear that I wasn't I did not want to have to deal with this deal with this because you know, one it's stealing, but two, it's all on me. So was there any other hairy moments on that Stormzy tour then? No, just that. And have you ever had any What do you mean by hairy moments? I mean hairy moments where you're like Stressed? Not stressed but more Yeah, like, why don't I'm I'm talking more danger. Like Oh no, not danger. Like when you're not Well being... yeah, maybe maybe at the moment didn't feel like it was danger, but looking back there's People have tried to get on a tour bus, like drunk people have tried to get on a tour bus before, like, and that's at home. Mm. Like, they just walked on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're, like, trying to fucking get them out. <laughs> um, but you mentioned before with some of the boy bands that you've worked with that you'd have to get trolleyed from hotel to venue, like, <coughs> you know. Yeah, there, oh, there'd be fans, like, in the hotel corridors outside your rooms, like, yeah. 
airports and everything like that. Both sets for the boys. It's very, um, it's quite overwhelming, like, yeah. uh, being in that situation. It's quite exciting sometimes. But I think it's pretty cool. Like, it's, it's cool as cool. fuck, but the only time where it gets difficult is you're trying to do a gig, like, you're trying to load in, and obviously these fans are so passionate, they've been lining up there all day, and they really invest in everyone that's connected to the band, mm. whether that be your friend or your crew, whatever. So if I'm, like, loading in, they're, like, asking to, like, talk to me or, like, photos or I don't know just but they know your name yeah they know, they're not like just that. like oh merch but I'm guy. like that's like one of my most stressful gigs because they're a pop band so naturally they, they have a very large audience that like merchandise and I don't have time to like take five minutes on those days and sometimes that gets really stressful because <laughs> you've got 3,000 people lined up and you're just trying to do a recount but you know I've got 20 designs that are on sale and I'm projecting that we're going to do a decent amount tonight and yeah that can be really really tough okay so then because the thing look the thing is I get I guess the the, all the other crew members their responsibility is making sure the show goes well and there's obviously a lot of stress in that it's live music of course but I feel like there's an element of live music that as long as it's not a major 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 thing like I feel like it can be just another gig whereas Mm. this is money yeah, this yeah, is a business's yeah, yeah, yeah. money, not my yeah, it's money. It's sales, it's sales. People and, come to a show, they see the show. And, when I'm, and I'm always on my own. Obviously, you get locals in that come help. On bigger tours, you might get a number two. But as far as the responsibility of the spreadsheet and the cash, like it's all on you. And there was a big change from when it went from like, a f- you know, you're doing a few grand, five grand, ten grand on a tour to done tours where you, you know, you're doing over 600 grand in like 10 days, yeah. 10, 12 days. That's mad. And it gets big. I know people have done even more than that. And it's just like, then it's just, yeah, it can be intimidating it's sometimes. Nice. When you really, if I stop too much thinking about it in the moment, it's quite. Yeah, but I like think the nights went up to two a.m. just counting insane amount of money, and you get to that last pile, and you know what the number's supposed to be. And then you're, you're looking like, at the amount of thousand be... racks you got, or five thousand racks you got, and you're on your five, you're on five notes now. Yeah. And you're like, I've still got another three hundred quid I need, and in this five, this this <laughs> row of fives don't look like a lot. Yeah. But somehow it is, luckily, every yeah, time. Like, it, oh like, my, oh. They, yeah, the last five minutes of every count is so, so anxiety filled. <laughs> like the cash count, yeah, 100%. Oh, so is it because you can't settle the sh- You have to settle the show every night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You settle yeah, the show yeah. before you go to bed. Um, obviously, if there's issues, Wi-Fi stuff, the next morning it's fine. But you need to have your cash counted. And by this time, on big, big gigs where you're counting hefty cash, you know, and if it's a self-end I'm talking about, these are all self-ends I'm talking about, obviously. If you're doing concession arenas. Basically, I've worked for some bands that... And maybe only doing two to three thousand cap rooms where you're having to sell fend, but they do mm. large sales. So yeah. obviously on arenas concessions, not really worrying much about cash. But on these gigs where it's sell fends but large quantities, you know, I'm up really late, just counting, 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 and yeah, I've had some nights where it's it's just stressful because you got to sell the show that night, send the email, and if you're like working out where you might have been down ten, twenty or something, or you yeah. know, there's a small issue that lines up, or maybe it's not an issue, but you miscount it, or you miscount halfway through one thing, means you, like because I always have to double count, it has to be correct like a couple of times. So if I've got like thirty, forty, fifty k, one way is like fifty five k, and for instance you end up being I don't know somehow you're like twenty, thirty quid down, I'm gonna obviously count all the racks and then do it again till we find it. Yeah. And obviously it always works out, but it's like it's so much money that's so easy, especially with our plastic notes and stuff like that. Yeah. Just slip one note, it's such a large obviously if you're a separating found it's not too bad, but yeah. Okay, that's amazing. I think there's a there's definitely a cock up story that I want you to tell. Oh where... one that you won't even know actually I want to bring up. Okay. There's um just a pause for a second as well. I just thought of a really good question, but it would have worked really well at the start. So I don't know if I can slip it in. What is it? So I'm gonna ask you, I'm just gonna say what is um what's a day what's what's an average day for you as a merch seller on tour? Alright. Yeah, alright. Like, like if you if you can make them like <laughs> nowadays, like later level of Stormzy sort of thing. Big um yeah, no, yeah. your average day, so that is your normal thing now, isn't it? Alright. Yeah, so average day on on a tour where say I'm getting that's a delivery day, let's say. Get up maybe eight, go uh, go into the venue, bring my suitcase in, um, get breakfast, catering, and then um Kind of just see where the trucks are at. Um, dependent. Well, this is this is me presuming that loading started maybe. Say if we got like f- most tours I've been doing recently, like three four trucks. So say if um, first trucks kind of just started to go in, and all my stuff's going to be on the last truck. Um, so I know I've got time to get breakfast. I won't usually shower in this time. I'll just get a coffee, get my day sort of started, brush my teeth, and then uh, just basically I'm waiting 
and showing that I'm around way ahead of being needed. Basically, mm. you want to be at the truck for your stuff. You know, no one else is responsible for your stuff mm. on tour. Like, there's too much shit going on. Just be responsible for your stuff. Don't leave it in anyone else's hands. Like, that's the easiest way to look at it, especially when truck, so many trucks are involved. So, um, just, yeah, be there. So as soon as the truck doors open, my returns will be right on the edge. I'm there to take them off. That back, it's only back line or production that my stuff's on the truck with. Let that come off, and I've normally my wall was at the start. And then, basically, anything that's come off the back of the truck is returns from the night before. What returns from the night before? So anything that wasn't sold from the show last night. Cool. Obviously, that goes in the truck last, because merch company would put merch in the truck last. Um, of the fourth so truck. So you get off first, yeah. Well, no, well, yeah, off of that fourth truck. Normally, just get time as well with backline and production. Um, so that whatever wasn't sold, for instance, last night, will come off the truck first, and then all backline, all that shit will come off, and then it'll be my back stock is left, obviously, in the truck. Yeah. And then I'll have my, I'll basically make a list that morning. I'll look at the attendance of that show, um, ticket sales, if it's sold out, it's easy. You know how many are coming. Um, and then I'll just look at up ahead of what we usually do in that city or in that country, what we've been doing recently with this range. And then I'll just work out projections for what we'll do for that day. And then I'll restock based on that numbers to add to the returns. Okay. And then, obviously, if it's a show where it's concession, I'll, I'll have previously arranged a time to uh, meet with that concessionaire. Uh, say it's like midday, 1pm. Have all my stock ready, laid out, um, so it's easy for them to count when they arrive. Agree the gross. Say adios, go get lunch. Mm. And then um, probably find time to shower around this time. Uh, maybe just go for a walk. Um, and then maybe about an hour, two hours before doors, just do a walk, go check the merch is cool, make sure it's all set up and uh, like at least close to being set up, um, just so I don't have to worry about it later in the day. Obviously, they're doing that because that's part of the concession. Um, and then that time's just really my time. Anything to catch up with emails, accounts, you know, um, I've got a few spreadsheets I have to fill each day, bearing in mind what's cash, what's card, what's going in, what's going out, fees, blah, 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 blah. Just update everything daily, kind of like a routine, and then... As it gets close to doors, do another walk. If there's multiple stands, make sure the stands are good, make sure the prices are correct. Um, do a double check with the head of the concession, just make sure we're groovy. Um, and just make sure that they know, they you know, make sure they contact me if anything run, runs low. Mm-hmm. And then as soon as doors open, I'm on call in case anything does run low. I'm by the truck, I'm in backstage at, yeah. in my in dress rooms, but um, I'll basically uh, be on call if anything needs restocking, I can restock it from the truck. And then during the gig, I'll do a couple of walks anyway, just to make sure that everything, you know, there's always people on the stand like, to make sure it's operating okay. And then as the gig closed down, I kind of stay out of the way until um, the crowd's kind of died out and the sales, you know, merch is Because it gets hectic. I can't do anything it in that time. Hectic, Obviously, yeah, those times when I'm selling, it's like that, it's horrible. I've had some really stressful times where it's like only three of us. Everything's on my head. So the two sellers, if they fuck up, it doesn't even really affect them. Mm. It's all on me still. And I've got like, no joke, like 500 people just waiting like... Mm. No, it's 3,000 people at the gig, but like literally 500 people at merch, just like, in line. Gimme, 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 gimme. <clears throat> and all buying one of each. Yeah. Like, mad. And then you've got to hope that the card reader's working, Wi-Fi's gone down, or the phone signal's not good around there, so the Wi-Fi's dropping, and, well, not Wi-Fi, like the 3G, when the car machines aren't dry, working very well. It's like taking fucking two minutes by payment. It's yeah. All this stuff. Um, but yeah, the, then as, as the crowds die out and they all leave, and the trucks are being packed, I've then basically, in my, in my mind, I see it as like a race, because you got to be efficient. Like, it's being there at the truck for your stuff, but, it, you, you know, production manager or stage manager will be pissed if trucks are getting, waiting around. Like, you know, merch is always going to be one of the last things that comes out. And if you're a big seller, mm-hmm. it's, it's stressful and it's tough because, you know, you want to get those sales in still. And obviously the concession's there. They're going to sell because they want the cut. But then you've got to get the stock to the truck because if you've got a quick uh, get out, you know, mm-hmm. you've got a quick uh, bus and truck call, then they're going to be expecting you there. So then it's just, you know, I've, if it's an early bus call, I try and push the concessions. I let them know early in the day that I need them to count quick, get out quick. And then it's just going through the count with them, agreeing that everything's, you know, the numbers match and that, you know, this is what we made because this is the stock that I'm getting back and just go through details. And I don't have to take cash. They just wire everything to the merch company. Nice. And I just do my account settlements and emails for the night. Get on the bus, have a bloody beer. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, once everything's sent off, that's, that's it. That's it. So that's the day in the life of, of the yeah. merch guy. Dinner's so, in there, so two somewhere. Oh, yeah. During the gig, when I'm not, like, restocking from the truck. So... I try and... I, I very rarely... Don't get me wrong, there's definitely times where I restock from the truck, but I try and make it so that my, my accounting's are heavy, so that I don't have to restock too much, but also not heavy, so that the concessions are going to have countless stock to be counted out at yeah. the end. So then, there was two stories that I definitely wanted to hear about. One that you've already told me, but one you were like, I wouldn't even what know. What was your first? Where... Give me the one that um, I don't know first. 
All right, I don't think you know this one. I was on Warped Tour and uh, there was a gambling game called CeeLo. Card game. Oh, okay. Oh, no, not card game. Dice game, sorry. What am I saying? This is even more funny. The reason why I have it. So anyway, there's like 20 of us that played it all summer and we get fucked up one night in Boston on towards the end of the tour. And there's a guy just doing tattoos on the bus at this oh, barbecue what? on production because it was yeah. like a late bus call. So everyone walked over on the tangs until bus call. Everyone just op- leaves as a, as a one. So there's like 20 of us with this like straight, tra- straight tripping tattoo. Okay. Uh, it literally says straight tripping, Vans Warped Tour 2015. Oh, no way. And everyone, there's like 20 of us have it. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> so that's one. No way. That's so cool. I've always wanted to get a tour tattoo. No one's done it. No, well, no really? one's done it. I've got a few with some like other. I've got one with the singer of Paris, Lindsay. We've got uh, No Parents, No Rules. Oh, nice. And then just a few that, yeah, I've gone tour but aren't with other people maybe. Just mm. happened to find someone there that was tattooing. Or... So there's a time that it nearly went really, really wrong in pair shows for you. You saved it in the end. Um, oh, wait. I think it was a tour that you were doing by yourself. Yeah. When, you, when I say oh, by yourself, bro. you were When I left my laptop in the airport. Yeah, so I was... Oh, God, this was, this was only that long ago. This was, uh, it was May, June 2019. So I was, I was, I was on tour with Gus for like seven weeks. Towards the end tour, I got offered the Foles gig mm. um, as any normal gig. And then it was like two weeks before the tour started, they found out they went a bunk space. Oh. And it was European, it's festivals, then it ended in the UK. Like, seven weeks. Big, like, long tour. And they were like, we want you to do it, but you don't drive. And also, some of these you couldn't drive. Like, there was always going to have to be some fly dates. I was looking at the route and I was like, fuck it, let's, let's do it, I'm just going to do it. <laughs> I worked it all out, it was trains, it was flights. But the stressful thing is, man, like, you last one out of the venue, getting out of the venue about midnight, 1am, yeah. getting an Uber to an airport hotel, staying in the hotel for, like, three hours, four hours, getting on, like, a 6am flight to be there for loading. I did that on repeat for like six weeks and trains and all sorts. It was mental. And some of these airports weren't that close to venues. Like, I mean, we did a show in, there's a specific show. We did a show in Lausanne in Switzerland. Hour and a half drive to Geneva after the show in an Uber to the airport hotel. Stay over. And this is the one. I woke up late and my flight was leaving at 55 minutes oh, to man. Milan. I was like, fuck. Ran. Luckily, I put my suitcase on the truck that night so I didn't have to check any bags. Right. So, so some nights I put my bag on the through. truck, it was just hand luggage. So I ran through. Rushing, rushing, rushing. I don't know how. I have no idea how, but I didn't put my laptop back in my backpack. Ran, made my flight, got to the venue, all good, chilling. One thing that pissed me off that morning, opened up the truck for loading my suitcase. Loads of haze fluid had spilt all over it. So that was the first thing. Whatever. Do my loading, do my restock, about to count in. Go to get my laptop in my bag, it's not in there, and I'm like, what? I'm like, what? I'm so confused. I'm like, I have no idea what's happened. Completely break down. And I don't really know anyone at this stage. I'm like, it's like you're six fresh days in. Tour, yeah, like, we're in like a week in. You're not even touring with them. You're, you're travelling separately, so you I don't know. have that time to exactly. gel and bond yeah. and stuff. No. Oh, mate, and you've just stacked it with the Mac as well. Yeah, just completely balled out. <laughs> Called my mum crying like a little boy. No, nah, man, that's cool. Pulled myself together, contacted uh, Geneva Airport, and nothing had been handed in, but they were like, file this online report, and if anything is handed in, we'll contact you. I was like, all right, whatever, just get on with it. I think basically the tour was split. It was like two weeks, week off at home, then finished another two, three weeks, whatever. I can't remember what it was. Anyway, I knew I had like a week to get to before I'd go home and maybe mm. I'd, if it doesn't get sorted and I can't get it sent back to Brighton and I'll get on that break, then I'm just going to have to invest in another one or invest in something, get it sorted in that break. Let's just get this week done from my fucking phone. Yeah. So I used Excel and an app venue, which is a piece of software we use in Merch World. On my phone for like a week. Yeah, I was that was mentally tough because not only was I so tired from all the travelling separately. Like the thing is, we finish the show and I see all the boys go on to the bus, get they go to bed and wake up in the next city. Whereas I was going a taxi, sleep for like two hours, get on a plane mm. before loading's even started. I've been on an airplane and they just yeah. stumbled in that bed. It was really mentally draining. Uh, and then the laptop thing just fucking. But I got through it somehow. Yeah. Luckily, though, do you know what? The thing that actually saved me that day, I just remembered this, that day in Milan, somehow, and I, I don't know how this happened, it just happened, and it's thank fuck, because I'd been in a much more dark place otherwise. I don't know if you know them, but there's two other merch guys, one called Jim Massey and one called Paul Hamilton. Mm. They were both in Milan that same night and both doing gigs that were concessions. One was with Catfish and the Bottom and one was with uh, an artist that I don't know. Mm. But they're both... Oh, Jim was on a day off, so... He was there, show was the next day, whatever. Paul was concession show, so 
I got everything sorted and I was like, fuck it, I need to just see some people I know and like really just break down for a minute. So yeah. met up with them for like an hour and a half, two hours, and then Jim hadn't had his hotel booked by the artist yet or by the merch company yet, so he ended up booking it in the same hotel. Oh, so, so I just got to see some mates for like an hour or two and then a bit faces. after the show, yeah. yeah. Which was just like... Just chuck the arm around you and go, bro, it's cool, man, don't worry. Yeah, about for it. a little bit and just then also just have a bit of normal time. Mm. So it was... Yeah, that was really... Thank, yeah, that was thank. That was I think that's a good, a good segue because I've just realised I've asked you like, tell me all the times it all went wrong. <laughs> nah. But actually, what's like? Well, you've already said what was your biggest highlight, but um, recent, well, maybe at the time years, it felt like it. But in recent years, what would you say is your biggest achievement then? Getting off of the Stormzy gig. Yeah. Well, some of the tours, like getting through that Foles tour, I look back on it with like quite a bit of pride because I had a lot of hurdles with that self travel. Yeah, because that's like, dude, one night of the tour. From, we did this random, like, there's these, like, cha- uh, I think it's run by a charity, but they're in, like, it's, like, something in the forest, something in the woods. Okay. Like, in the festival season, they're, like, gigs where they put them in the woods for the UK. Um, Foles did a couple of them, and I can't remember where we were. It was one day in Norwich, and the next show was in Ali Pali the next day, and the train, because it wasn't Norwich, it was, like, a fucking woodlands way out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'd have to Uber for, like, two hours, like, three hours direct to the venue, or, like, get some weird trains. And we just came to the decision. I was like, I just spoke to one of the truck drivers. It's like, can I just jump in the truck with you? For the yeah, it's like bet. four hours. I yeah, wake yeah. up and then try and check into my Airbnb or something. So I did that. I like slept in the truck. So it's like it's just some of the train rides were ridiculous. Like that sounds. Sick. It was a crazy experience at the time. I hated it. Once I was in the thick of it, mm. I mean, looking back, really, really good. And plus, the, the band and crew were really actually awesome. They always made sure I was okay. Like they knew I was going through it. Like. Because it wasn't just like a week of self-travel. It was mm. fucking six or seven weeks. Yeah, it wasn't just a couple of days. It was a And not easy journeys. Like into festivals and stuff like that. It was mad. <laughs> Doing warp tour taught me a lot too because that's a gruesome tour. Yeah, I was going to say... Big, long mile like, load-ins. Like gravel, snow, rain. Not purpose-built places, are there? No, like the tents blow away. It's really stressful. But biggest achievement as well was on the last Why Don't We Tour, the end of is that October 2019, um, head of the merch company I was working with mm. came to the show. Um, as they do some of their clients and that was when I first got told that I was being put they just signed Storms in there putting me forward for it and they were like you're the like they might already have someone but if they don't from our end you're you're the guy and I was like this is now getting stepped up another level like this is mad yeah because he might the thing is that I was first, touring, isn't well at first thing. I was thinking he might not do crazy per heads like, he might not be a big big seller but it's the size of the artist but then I so like grime like merch sells I didn't, I thought it yeah, was more just rock and pop but like it bangs yeah that people love their merch it slaps man so there's <laughs> there's two things I want to want to get around before we, we corner it off there's a there's definitely a time that touring for you hasn't been wasn't the forefront of your brain and I think like you were saying you are an emotional person you are someone that invests in people my mind's busy and I think that you were, I know you were with someone that had a very different life to you and then you diverged from touring for a bit, so... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, uh, I was the fir- first and only person I ever lived with, partner-wise. Hmm. But um, she's a primary school teacher and I was touring. It was a very, I mean, it wasn't exactly like most aligned. Yeah. Uh, but it was all right, it was all right. But um, I just got this mindset and maybe... A bit of outside noise, but also within myself, I was like, oh, I need to do something that's just in, you know, settled, safe. I think also during the time I was with her, I don't think I actually told you this, I had uh, like a, I think it was 12 weeks, I think it was a really long tour, it was a 12-week US tour, just get cancelled a week before my flight. Wow. Yeah, so, and and then it, it just fucked everything, so I've been, yeah. I was like, oh my, I think I was getting, I think I was offered, it was early days, not early days, it was like mid-through, like four or five years ago, but it was like $1,200 a week for 12 weeks. Mm. Yeah, that's, that's 21, 22. Yeah, madness. That is, that's good money. That's good. And, you know, touring America, I was buzzing and I had, hadn't prepared myself to not earn that money. Mm. I was like... But to get cancelled on you as well, I bet there's no repercussion. repercussion nothing. No, no nothing. And that just, that really kind of fucked with me and really messed up my situation. And I was like, I just want to get something safe and settled and be in Brighton and have this normal life. Mm. So I paid... 5k to go learn to be a barber nice and I only that well went well I, well, it, I got trained to earlier I was saying oh, something you know about me is barber yeah I've cut a few heads but not many but um, <laughs> I I invested a decent amount into doing it and then during that time 
I got offered um, a job to be like head of merchandise and retail for a music management company. So basically, the artists that were on their roster, I would um, sort merch, everything ready for their tours and just be on top of it for online and come up with uh, campaign ideas for different times of the year, stuff like that. Um, on my, my seventh week during that course, right before Christmas, it was a decent salary, way more nice. than it should have been. And I was like, yeah, all right. Let's just do it. I've, I've seen a lot of scalpy heads and like skin flakes. Far oh. So I was, I was like, I'm out. And I uh, could, you cut, could you cut my hair right now? I wouldn't give you. Do you have fade? I don't know. And then you probably don't if you don't know. Yeah, I, I, I yeah, I could. So you still got my stuff here. The, it's hands, in France. the hands are not dead. Yeah, <laughs> I, would, I, I would be comfortable. It's you know when people get like really like detailed fades mm. where it's like from like what I usually get it's like skin to like the gradual. Yeah. I wouldn't be comfortable. I trust myself to attempt doing. No, that. I feel like this has got a bit of a bowl cut going on at the back. But it's really easy <laughs> to like kind of blend through the numbers and then just make blend through the cut from the top. So it's pretty sick. It's just getting to grips with it at the beginning. There's a lot of, like, if your angles are off in any way, yeah. it will, like, affect uh, lengths being, like, even and stuff. Right. And it's, you've got to be very aware of, like, your position of your arms and your hands at all times. That's something it took a long time, to, well, not a long time, it went there that long. So a little bit of time to, to fucking so get five, my, my head round. 5K down the hole, a couple of weeks in, you've gone, bun this, can't do it. Bun this. But, and guess what? I only did four months at the management company job. But that's another story because they ended up going way wild and I think the owner's on the run at the moment. Wow. But I basically, in the April, I cried and emailed all the merch companies God, and was yeah. like, I'm back, help, give me <laughs> work. And Bob the first gig back was Why Don't We? Yo. And that just set it off. No pun intended. That was sick. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Let's curve And from there, it just went... I don't know why. Look, I've, I'm excited. I've had this cliff idea. Yeah. It just went boom. <laughs> It set it off. It, you you asked yourself why don't we, and then it set it off. There's too many puns. Oh there. gosh! All right, let's curve it because I think there's there's way longer and way more we can go into. Yeah. What's twenty twenty one holding for Jack Payne? Well, I mean, I don't know if we should even step to that, but yeah, I think there's twenty twenty involved where that's fucked everything. Yeah, I think I think I think if you, you know you personally must, you must be like a yeah means to not know that it's messed with. Yeah, but personally, industry. it's been fucking. That's held me up a bit too, just figuring out. Same. How to manoeuvre personally with like your baby just being ripped from underneath you and mm. you're looking around and there's no one and it's it's daunting, it's scary, it's well, what would you like the, to the thing is man, like I think you can tell from there's a theme in my story that I'm very um but a man with me like it's hard to do it because if we really want if I wanted to get going to everything we'd be here for hours, but like yeah. even like in times of lockdown or when I've had downtimes like I've done the poetry thing which you've not even stepped on or like the books I've released mm-hmm. and they did pretty well and like um, bleach clothing and just custom upcycling and stuff like that. There's always little bits, and even this back last summer, like I dive in something, I go quite head first, and then after like a month, I'm like, nope. Yeah. And I don't know why. It's like, I think maybe I lose motivation to know people around me so much. Like, um, well, being my situation is quite unique, but um, yeah, exactly. But okay, uh, well, there's what... a theme with that though. I'm quite into like, I don't know, in a, I just, yeah. I think I think it's a I think it's a not a love hate thing. But, but it shows that I'm only I'll only ever do what I want to do. So you never give with, up on anything. You just go 100 percent, and then yeah. you're like I'm now onto the next thing, which you can only do 100. And at that time, that's all I want to do. Yeah, it's like with 2020, the biggest thing like because I jumped into Tesco, I jumped doing Uber Eats and Deliveroo, and it was it, it just uh, you know I I made it work and I enjoyed it at the time. I'm not enjoying the time. I I, just, I did it. Past time. I made it happen, but. If anything this year, like I just I promised myself that I wouldn't properly give in and just like if if I can't go back to touring right away, then whatever I'm gonna do next, that like, I'm gonna throw all of my energy and invest my time and energy into. It needs to be something that I genuinely would do that and can do that. Just because I just don't I just don't know why I just can't operate when it's like I can't like I would rather genuinely I would rather sit on the street. And this sounds so bad. I don't know how she wear this, but I would, I, would, I, I would not want to work in. I can't. I wouldn't be able to do it. You like can't. A, a, a you supermarket, can't anything like that. Like I, I would rather fucking struggle, really like struggle to get by than do like something like a where you, there's no growth or enthusiasm or like there's nothing that you can take home to be thinking about. There's nothing that like even the thought of like so we're going to twenty or twenty one like there's a potential chance I'm gonna have a new gig where it will be salaried and even that is quite daunting in that not that I feel capped but like I like the excitement that there was never a cap of what I was earning before and it was almost like I could push mm. so if you do like, I feel I'm scared of getting comfortable 
Even right. though when I have nothing going on, I get comfortable, and like this year's shown that. Like I think it's been hard to invest in something this year, and I've just been lazy. But I think if I think now you've I think now you've got you've got a little bit more of a foundation in Brighton. I think coming back to Brighton, yeah, I needed that. You'll 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 be more comfortable. I'm so I glad I did that. Yeah, I think now I think now the world's gonna hopefully get back to you know I think in a year's time we'll be if, when we do place. this when we do this podcast again because we should do it again in a year's time to be like what changed oh, in a year. Yeah. Um, and I think once you do it, I think it'll be really, really interesting to see what happened. Because I do think you know what though? We should do. You, well, just so, just try and think now. Like, what's a, one achievement you want to make by the next episode that we do? In a year you time? mean about a year update, or mm. you mean by the next episode? So I'm say I want you. I was going to just say in general, really quickly, is that one you should be involved way more. So mm. I think we should do one on you, and we could do them both next year. That's what yeah, I'm saying. Yeah. Because. Why not? We might as well. Why don't we? Uh, <laughs> I can't do it, man. I've been trying to not... I've been holding uh, Maybe we should do it in Paris, but who knows? One thing I want to achieve, did you say? Mm. Well, so, not to, I'm not going to go into any detail at all, but one gig that I'm potentially going to be working on uh, is with a clothing brand that I'm really excited about. Um, I'm actually wearing them now. Mm-hmm. Um, that I'm hoping to be uh, helping and working with. So I want that to progress. Um... But personally, is actually is, it's not even career wise for me. It's this year's the last year and a half has been really shit, and I've not been like I look back at when I'm nineteen, twenty. I'm like I was so confident, I was so like happy, yeah, you're excited taking the beat about life. You're taking the beating. Yeah, I feel like I have a bit, and I just want to get back to just actually, even if I've not got anything planned, like just wake up and be okay with it and accept the day rather than like smoking my way through it. Yeah, All right. <laughs> and just being excited for like things where there's plans or like scheduling scheduled things well I can't wait to listen back to this in a year's time and then be like oh that's where we were because this is where we are right now and I think right. it's like I can't think of the exact I'm not even sure if I've got that gig yeah I know but I think I th- so this year might not even turn out like that <laughs> I can't I can't I can't remember the quote word for word but there's that Nina Simone quote that is like art is a reflection of your surroundings so it's like and I think you what you've just described to me in, the, in this episode is that you are a creative who has a passion for fashion didn't mean to rhyme but it did um, but your interests is what your passion is and but you're you but do it, it in a creative way it's not it's not just you buy and sell it's not you're not looking at merchandise because I've met merchandise oh that was all about money numbers all numbers sales. yeah I don't come from no yeah. you come from you come from a creative way which is why I think you go into one thing and then you go into another thing because and I don't think nothing sticks yeah because if I was sticks. smart if I was smart I would just fucking stick to one thing and smash it for 12 months because you know no, what creative, some of the things like the, the bleach jackets I was doing back in May don't get me wrong, I got very, like, stuck with designs, so I'm not really a bleach painter, if that's even a thing. But um, they were doing all right. I was, I think I sold, like, five or six in the first weekend I put them up, and then, like, maybe two or three in that next week. And then I just kind of, like... Stopped. Yeah, but I don't... That's the thing. I, I've never been someone that... I think I take... Which I don't understand why, because I was... I th- do you know what here, here it is like with touring I was so like I didn't take like obviously I got a lot of no's and I still kept going I still kept going, still kept going. it just shows it proof in the pudding like if you fucking work hard but you're consistent you'll get there mm. but I didn't have responsibilities I didn't have rent to pay I didn't have so I think the stressful thing comes in if you start a passion project that you would actually love to do full time or work like towards growth if you don't really see like not any results or like because you can't you shouldn't be so like uh, entitled but it can easily just be that, like, if you don't really see, like, the return maybe you're expecting or hoping, mm-hmm. like, in a month or two, it's so easy just to fucking flip it off. Nice. Well, And that's what I've been doing. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly, mate. Oh, my. When I look back, indeed, I think I've been to therapy session. This is this is basically therapy for us now. It's fine. Your therapy, I think, Piglet. Yeah. I think we should round it off there. Yeah. I don't know if there's any uh, last ditch question, the quick fire last question, like... You wanna you want me to go through? I think there was a couple of ones that I thought of, but they're just a bit jank, really. But I think I just I've got an obsession with food. I'm a proper foodie. So when it comes to Ooh. like cash your mind back to your one dollar okay. uh, American deals, yeah. Say non catered tour, you got your PDs. You're in the UK though. You're in the what UK. am I getting? What are you getting? Subway. Is it? What's in your subway? Probably for lunch, Subway, not for dinner. I don't know. That's just I think it's cheap. It makes you feel like you're being a little bit healthy. <laughs> the Subway diet. Yeah. Well, back then when I would do that, I wasn't vegan, so I think I'd get. I thought I'd, I'd get uh, meatball marinara. Yeah. Or no, or and then I went on to. You don't do a vegan one now. No, I, no, no. It's legit. No, then I went on to like. <laughs> I know I've had it so many tur- times. I think 
was it turkey, but then I fill it with like no, it was, it was a spicy Italian. I think it's like yeah, salami. It wasn't, BM, it wasn't the BLT, BMT or whatever. It was like spicy just, Italian. Just the um, it's like salami, pepperoni. I think tur- I don't know. Yeah. What it was. But I would have that, and then now I'm vegan. When I go, I get um, or either the meatless marinara, or they got a vegan patty. They got a vegan cheese. No, they've got a vegan chicken one. No, no. I went there yesterday <laughs> with Anna, or the day before. And I walked in, and I was like, hello. And I could hear the guy in the back. I was like, hello. And I literally... They didn't come out. 15 minutes. Hey, man, you open. And he comes out, starts putting his gloves on. <laughs> and I'm like, yo, man, you all right? And I'm like, are you open? And he's like, nah, delivery only. I was like, oh, can I not do like a click and collect thing? And, and, he, was, and he was just like, nah. Oh, shit. So like, he actually wasn't... Well, but I, there but, should be signs up. But, mate, I literally was like, I feel like such a melt. And then went to KFC and got the vegan burger there. Krispy Kreme just announced they're releasing vegan uh, original glazed. Mate, let's get sugar high. Ooh. Let's do it. Maybe that's what we should do in a year's time. We should just have three bits of vegan food that wasn't there last year. Ooh. We should do that. All right. I should introduce you to loads of vegan bits. Yeah, man. Just let's bring loads of... Audi have such amazing vegan stuff. They just released a huge range. We should cut it here before the meat eaters start getting uh, vexed. <laughs> but yeah, all right. Sweet. Boom. Boom. Let's, um... Let's end it there. Thank you very much. No, thank, thank you. you. I'm glad. Thanks for coming on, man. It's exciting to do this again. Thanks for Thanks. listening, if you have listened this long. Well, we're going to have a talk. This is the first episode. Let's get in the groove of it. But I think it would be great to get on a weekly schedule. Mm. Uh, I think this is going to go up on Thursday. So maybe every Thursday. We might mix that. Who knows? Yeah, thanks for listening. I think it's a great first intro back. Um, we're definitely planning on having guests in the future. Obviously, difficult mm. with the pandemic. So that'll likely be via Zoom. Where can people find out more about you, Jack? Instagram. It's Jack Payne. That's the main handle I use. How about you, mate? Um, I did have a website at one point, you know, actually. Ooh, it was fancy! Ju- it, was, it was just because when I first did a tour, I, I tried to write... Oh, I used to have a website for that. it was that. really jank. It was just Lewis And business Lewis. cards. Yeah, oh, mate, <laughs> I've got a business card, and on the back of it says Northern. <laughs> That's, I don't know, anyway. Yeah, Lewis left. That's where if you want if you ever bothered to follow me or whatever. But yeah, thank you very much for listening. Thank Beautiful. you, Jack. Beautiful. Nice. <laughs>